Now officially, more seasons than The Wire, with none of the accolades. This is The Push-Off. everybody, welcome to a new season of the Push Off Podcast, your favorite weekly NFL show that discusses everything that happened last week while it gets you ready for the next. I'm your host, Scott Hogan, joining us as always, it's... Dan, because it's cut-down day and you made a wire reference, Dan Cuddy from the cut, right? That's right, yeah, you gotta, and you gotta cut the wire. Gotta uh, cut. Anyways, Dan, season six. Can you believe it? Can you no. believe six seasons we've been doing this? When we put our minds to it, you know, we, we, and you know, have some fun doing it. We want to thank all six of you out there for keeping <laughs> us alive and yeah. uh, keeping us motivated. We don't, I, we don't have a lot of fans, but the ones we do, they're <laughs> they're constant. It's the diehards, man. It's the diehards. I mean, you know, listen, we we do this for the love of the game, and for an hour of peace to talk football every week <laughs> right instead of having your children screaming at you so escape it's just escapism it's all it is that's yeah. all it is let's be honest everybody keep listening and we'll keep escaping right here to the microphones yeah anyways uh we want to join in for season six we've got two weeks before kickoff here basically um of the way the way this will come out, it'll come out about a week before, a week and a day before the kickoff game. Buffalo and the Rams. God dang, that sounds great. Ooh, doesn't it, just so appealing. What could have been? What could have been? Yeah. Honestly, and I want to almost save it for next week. Keep keep us uh, honest and and have us record one more time, like right before the season kicks off. We'll do our picks for week one next week. So stick tuned to that. Um, I started looking though. I'm peeking at that first week one. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of just coin flip games. A lot of I don't know because a lot of churn. Obviously, a lot of things have changed this off season. Um, we covered the draft that was post uh, the free agency craze too. So we kind of got all of that. We haven't been through training camp. There were been some injuries, some suspensions laid out, some things like that have happened since we've been on the mic. But and you and I are just recording right now, killing time, waiting for the lions. Uh, all hard knocks, <laughs> hard knocks to come. Yeah, out. episode four or whatever that coming out tonight by way of our recording. But yeah, so we got two weeks here. Um, I don't quite know. Yeah, what to expect from this season? I'll well, I'll put in my best guesses, guys. But that's what they'll be. They'll be guesses. I'll tell you what: the Colts are at the Texans. I feel like that's a pretty strong Colts win straight out the gate. Okay, but, there uh, you go. There's a few. I would say it's about 50-50 for week one. I mean, you got Cowboys, Buccaneers. You got uh, Broncos, who should be able to beat those bad, bad Seahawks. But, yeah, the rest of them are pretty much down the line, man. You yeah. never know. I want those Lions to surprise the Eagles week one. Just give me. Give it to me. Give it That'd to me, MCDC. Uh, we got a big one against the Packers. It's going to tell us a lot about where these teams stand for that NFC division. But that's what I want to discuss today. And so I think we jump into it. We talk about it as we go. 
Uh, we're going to split these two episodes up by conference, as we discussed. So uh, I figured, why not join season six like an old man entering a bath and slowly <laughs> get comfortable <laughs> with an area that we know off all too well, the NFC. We're going to start with the NFC tonight. So if you're tuning in for a preview of your AFC team, get the fuck out of here. No. <laughs> enjoy the what NFC. What the fuck are you doing out here? <laughs> enjoy the NFC. And know that this is just a taste for when we jump into your AFC, which might be a much more competitive conference, let's be honestness here. <laughs> well, I think uh, that's, well, now yeah. we're talking about it. Let's the talk AFC about it. The AFC is very top-heavy, but there's competition throughout every one of these NFC divisions where you literally do have about three people per division, every single division, going for that crown. It's... yeah. I mean, it, none of them are great, but everybody's, you know, everybody's going for that division, man. It's crazy. Well, I want to start uh, opposite the way we read, opposite the way the weather blows. Let's start in the east. Let's start with the NFC. Dan, you're, you're Cowboys here. You get a chance to talk about them, what you've seen from training camp. Now the, the 53 rosters was cut today, like you said. What are your immediate thoughts heading into the 2022 season? Well, you got to remember about those 53s. Uh, the first 53 right. is just cuts to get everybody in shape. Like, you got to move guys to pup list. You got to move. Like, we literally only have one quarterback in the roster right now to stack Prescott. Yes. We also don't have a kicker or a long snapper. So, oh, wow. yeah, there's some, there's some machinations uh, going on right now in Dallas. But uh, by the end of the week and by kickoff, everybody will be signed and we'll have a real roster that looks normal. Um, I will say this. Dallas is not as good as last year. Simply, simply put, um, the loss to Tyron, the loss of Tyron Smith recently has been, I mean, devastating. Um, having Tyron Smith and Zach Martin, you feel like okay, that's a pretty decent offensive line. Now it's just Zach Martin, our rookie Tyler Smith, who looks like he's going to be starting left tackle, and then a bunch of fucking Jamokes, uh, including Terrence Steele on the right side. Not exciting, man. Um, I look at it offensively. If Michael Gallup is healthy. Is he better than Amari Cooper was for us last year? And I don't think the answer is yes. Zeke Elliott with another year of tread. Tony Pollard maybe going to get a few more opportunities. I like our tight end uh, position a little bit this year, especially with the acquisition of Jake Ferguson uh, and Blake Jarwin declaring himself to be a legit tight end. Our defense, strangely, might actually be our strength again this year. The defensive line got stronger. Our linebacker core, I don't have as many questions with. And even our secondary and safety got another uh, bit of age, a uh, bit of years into them, and a bit more experience. So the defense is getting better. I don't think the offense is going to be quite as good. The only advantage for the offense is one more year in a system with Kellen Moore. Everything's going to be a bit more natural. Um, and everybody in one more system, one more year of system uh, of our head coach, uh, you know, the Hamburglar. It is kind of that, yeah. You guys are not seeing a lot of turnover. A lot of the same starters nope. are coming back for you, which is kind of the true for you know my team too, except for just defensive side of the ball. But yeah, they uh, are returning a lot of people. They did lose a couple of starters like uh, Cooper, but yeah, who's to say? I think you're where your savior is is this division. It's not the strongest. <laughs> um, I what? think it. I feel like, like you said, you were like, hopefully the Lions surprise the Eagles week one. I feel like the Eagles are the only kind of team that might chase you this year in as far as that division goes. They've been improving, too. I mean, they've made trade after trade to get themselves better. Uh, the Chauncey Gardner-Johnson trade 
just they today. Just did. Yes. Phenomenal. What's it, that's yeah. a great move. I mean, it's a position of weakness that they added strength to. I it's hard to hate those moves. It's hard to hate anything that the was Eagles have done. Money dump too, right? They couldn't oh, yeah. get him in a contract. So the Eagles like, "Well, we'll pay him." Decided to move him for an asset. Um, yeah, I mean, they still have the, the nice thing is for the Eagles, they still have Jalen Hurts on a Jalen Hurts deal. If you're going to make a move, do it when your rookie quarterback or your guy's on his rookie deal still. So their roster is deeper. I think Dak Prescott is easily a much better quarterback than Jalen Hurts, but they might have a better, deeper team than we do. And that's something that gives me pause. Yeah, it's interesting how Jalen Hurts kind of was a almost a stopgap initially, and now three years down the line they're trying to sell us like he's a top-10 guy. And Yeah. You know, you see him a lot. I think people are riding their fantasy on him a lot because he likes to run it. Um, it makes for a very interesting offense. Um, is it enough? Because they, they, I didn't feel like they used the run game a whole lot there. I mean, Miles Sanders was injured a lot last year, but an Eagles team, the way they played another year, it's it's how A.J. Brown steps in. It's how these extra additions uh, show up, I guess. Because the other Eagles than, have not yeah. been able to draft a wide receiver ever, so they went out right. and got a top ten wide receiver and With got him. Round. Yeah, got him for a very reasonable price, man. Um, so reasonable price for a really good wide receiver, uh, really good, <laughs> really good player in Chauncey Gardner Johnson. They have not. They have made their team better. Mm-hmm. Um, they've just made their team better. I mean, Jason Peters. Uh, was lost last year. There was no sense they were going to bring him back. They don't need to. Their offensive line is still pretty good, still pretty solid. Um, having Jason Kelsey anchor the middle of it, having Lane Johnson on the right side, it's still a good offensive line, even though it's a little old. Um, mm-hmm. The defensive line, same thing. Still a little, It's a little old, but it's still good. It's still very talented. Their weak spot is in their linebacker core and in their secondary. But that's one of those things. It's very difficult for a team like the Dallas Cowboys to really get to that second level. If you don't have a strong offensive line pushing the front four, um, it's going to make it, you know, really problematic for Zeke and Pollard to get to that second level and exploit their weaknesses. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when you guys see the Eagles is it very recently in the season, how quickly do you guys match up against? We have them week two in the double header Monday night game in Philly. Um, yeah. We have them pretty early on. I'd have to. I gotta check the actual games. I go week to week. I don't worry about down the road Good until for you. <laughs> until like ten or eleven weeks in, and then I'm I'm yeah. starting to do my analysis. But you know, if you get out of the, we always break it down in the Herm Edwards like quarters of the season. If you go four and zero to start the year, you're gonna have a pretty decent year. If you go you know zero and four to start the year, you're gonna be in a bad fucking place emotionally. So. Yeah. I usually generally look at like the first four games or so, um, and that's that's usually where I, I start to build my prognostication. I know we play the Bengals early. Um, I know we play the Buccaneers early, so we have an early um, early test to our schedule. So um, nothing's over, you know. I think if we go two and two out the gate, I won't be I won't be furious. Yeah, both those games start at home for you. Notice that uh, the rest of this division, that the NFC East. From here, uh, where's the next best? Who's at the seller? Because it could be either one of these teams, I think. I still think the Washington Commanders are going to be fucking atrocious. I think the Giants are going to get better. Um, I think Brian Dable is going to help them offensively. I think if he can calm down Daniel Jones, if Saquon Barkley can stay healthy, 
Um, they've added talent on the offensive side. They've added stability. They've added good play calling. Their defense is not atrocious. Um, I think the Washington Commanders don't know what they're doing. I think Ron Rivera is just kind of waiting to retire. And whenever you put the fucking redheaded stepchild in your quarterback position, you're probably not looking to be competitive that year. So Carson Wentz is going to be out of the league in like three years. Man, it did not work out uh, for Indy, and there's been nothing but bad things said about him out the door. Uh, so it comes. He must have shit like- in Jim Irsay's coffee or something. Like <laughs> right. every every opportunity, Jim Irsay's like, "Did I tell you he has herpes?" It's like, "Are you sure, Jim?" He's <laughs> like, "Yeah." I told Jim Irsay that some of those guitars just weren't that cool. Jim Irsay's like, get the fuck out of here. Get out of the state of Indiana. Um, You're a little pitchy, Jim. Well, why don't you pitch a fucking football for the Washington Commanders, you (laughs) fuckface? How do you, yeah, how do you uh, get behind this if you're a Commanders fan, this brand new Commanders, uh, when that's what you're sold, the the goods that Carson Wentz is your leader? Mm, Not not too well. I don't you, think anybody's really getting behind this whole commanders thing, man. I mean, I uh, there was a recent Reddit thread about you know what's your uh, what's a monkey paw moment for you? And he goes, goes uh, the Washington football team. They can't possibly pick a worse name than that. And then boom, Washington Commanders. You go, yeah, it's a monkey paw. What a fucking terrible name. What a bad organization, no. top to bottom. It just needs a full restructuring. The Dallas Cowboys. Jerry Jones is a stripper happy madman, but the man knows how to run a business. Everything they look for the Washington Commanders, it's all faulty. There's yeah. nothing good. There's no good drafting. There's no good player acquisition. There's no good money management. There's no good fan experience. Like, why on earth would you be a Commanders fan when you could just go right down the street and be a Ravens fan? <laughs> that, yeah. It's not that far. That's true. It's kind of yeah. easy. Flip it over there. They uh, are going to be without um, Chase Young for the beginning of the season. He's on the pup list, which is at least four games for him. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, not a fun start for them. I, I think you're right. The Commanders might be the seller of this team, which leaves the Giants needing to improve desperately. Um, this was a kind of an interesting team that hasn't been blown up. You got Dable coming in as the new uh, coach. Wasn't there a new GM, too, for the Giants? I believe so. I don't know who it is. So finally, yeah, they, they have a chance to kind of switch this over, and they didn't do too much different. I mean, Daniel Jones is writing out a contract, I guess, so why maybe? Maybe that's the argument. Like, I would let the rookie kind of run it here because he's cheap and they you'd, weren't in a place to replace him. You'd love to have him win the job long term. That's the goal. I mean, the goal is to look at a guy like Daniel Jones and go, all right, well, go get your fucking what would have been your fifth-year option. Let's go turn it into a franchise tag. Nobody's going to hate you. Uh, we'll be very happy to have a franchise quarterback that we can justify. Um, the issue that they have is they also have a fairly tough schedule right out the gate. Um, they've got to face the Titans. They're going to lose that fucking game. They're mm-hmm. at Tennessee. Then they got the Panthers, who might be weird again this year, might start out strong. They got the Cowboys. We should beat them. And then the Bears. Their Bears are coming to New York. I think they'll win that game, but they're going to start maybe maybe one and three. And then they got... Packers, Ravens. That's a tough haul first week, six weeks of the season. Um, if they can right the ship and get competitive, I think at best they're a 7-10 team. At best. They're going to ask their starters to start right away. Evan Neal's going to be a right tackle. Kayvon Thibodeau already in there rushing the QB. I mean, that's Injured easy though. enough. To, that's true. He's coming off of, what is it, ankle? Uh, I thought it was MCL. Ooh. MCL strain. Not, not good, not good, but... Um, 
Yeah, I mean, Giants and injuries, man, that goes hand in hand the last couple of years. But there, all of them are running out of time. If they, if they are third in this division again, miss the playoffs again, probably get blown up right after this year. I think Dable will probably be able to choose his own guys, um, but I think people would be interested in playing for Brian Dable as long as this isn't a complete joke of a year. The Giants have also been an incredibly understated how disorganized they are, but for the past five or six years, I don't think there's a worse run franchise than the New York Giants. They've gone through head coach after head coach. They've blown up uh, three or four different regimes in the past five years. That's insane. That's really, really bad. So, we'll, yeah, we'll see what happens in the NFC East. I feel like maybe we spent too much time on that. Let's move along. No, <laughs> NFC, NFC North. Now we, we go to my... We just picked the best one. I'm sorry. It's, we got to talk about the best division. <laughs> if that's what you it's, say. It's not. It's a bullshit division. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> no, no, we're good. Um, NFC North. NFC North. Uh, first of all, let's start with the Detroit Lions. We brought up Hard Knocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've already kind of gotten familiar with this team. Uh one thing that I can say, because I think I brought this up before, is my hatred leads, leads with the other two teams in this division. The Detroit Lions is that little uh, younger brother, like, oh, good gosh, he tries. So watching the hard knocks, I'm, I'm enjoying Dan Campbell. And what I'm really enjoying is not only him, but his coaching staff, which is full of every former player <laughs> I used to watch growing up in the early 2000s. Aaron Every, Glenn, Deuce McAllister, yeah, uh, loaded. Mark Brunel is the quarterback uh, guy. Uh, Antoine Randall, Hank like, Fraley, yes, Fraley is the line coach. Um, Staley's hilarious. Juice Staley screaming at Aaron Glenn on the first episode was the funniest thing so far. We'll see what happens tonight. Um, and then we got a post credit surprise that well we'll get to the Cardinals, but they are going to be our mid season hard knocks, which is fun. It's going to be great. I mean, we're going to be having all that fucking Kyler Murray drama when, uh, you know, Call of Duty comes out. Can you even get him on film anymore? Is he locked Mm -hmm. in a room just, you know, playing new maps? Uh, (laughs) You know, you got DeAndre Hopkins, who for the longest time had a pristine reputation in the league. Now he's, you know, shaded by the PEDs. That's problematic. He's going to not play the whole six weeks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I get to the Cardinals. I picked him up in my fantasy league because I was like, well, once he's, you know, once he's back, he's still DeAndre Hopkins, but did you store him on IR for now? No, no, I'll just, I'll just keep him activated. Okay. Um, But I, I I look at, I look at this team and I know we started with the Lions, but I don't think they're going to be the worst team in this division. I think it's the Chicago Bears. You're probably right, but I I picked Lions because of hard knocks. So let's start with the Lions. I think you're right. I think they get better. Uh, bypass the Bears. Maybe they were looking at a middle range team, an eight and nine type of team. Maybe I um, yeah, six or seven wins. I six or seven wins. I think if they got eight or nine, they would be they'd be dancing in the streets in Detroit. Well, we're seeing uh, Aiden Hutchinson, the homeboy from the area. Everybody went to Michigan. He gets to stay in town. Uh, well, stay in state and go to uh, Detroit here for the Lions. Uh, that's fun. That's something that they can get behind. He seems like he's going to be, at worst, just pretty good. You know, yeah. Like at worst, he's going to be yeah, pretty serviceable as a starter <laughs> continuously. When your when your floor is Kyle Van Noy, that's not terrible. Like no. your your floor is eight year quality starter. It seems like that's what they got. So good for them. Yeah, I mean they're they're still building uh, around a lot there, but gotta like their draft so far. So. You move on from there, and yeah, the the Lions could get better here. Um, 
yeah, anything more you're thinking about them? I I like uh, another year with uh, Penny Sewell and TJ Hawkinson and those guys. Yeah, Amon Ross St. Brown uh, is it has been very very fun. I think he's getting better and better. Uh, we'll see how their backfield is. They've got a decent offensive line. It's not terrible. They've they've invested in it. They're trying to get better. Um, their defense is still very questionable. Um, Rodrigo is going to be able to make it be a starter. When you got rookie starters in your in your linebacker, you're either getting a Micah Parsons situation or you don't have a lot of depth. And the fact that Alex Anzalone is their starter in the middle linebacker position, you don't have a lot of depth. No, so. Yeah. It's a, it's a questionable defense. I think people are going to be able to score on them. But it's a feisty team. And Dan Campbell is diet made mostly of kneecaps. So we'll see how this goes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I realize looking at the depth chart, I'm getting spoilers from tonight's episode. But whatever. We'll, I'll Fair. see that as I see it. Um, let's talk about the Bears. You said you think they're going to be the, the seller here. They have technically been sellers more than buyers in the free agency they're shipping people off like khalil mack and um uh alan robinson who really hasn't played Letting last go, few yeah. years yeah the big name guys who have big contracts because there's a new regime in new gm new head coach they're going to go their own way and they've started already um the but let's uh talk about another year with justin fields he came off a preseason closer that looked uh pretty fantastic for him uh hopefully that helps out his i say hopefully i don't mean it his confidence <laughs> um but they've got stars too darnell moody's coming into his own we've always liked uh their running back david montgomery since he came oh, out yeah. of isu right illinois or indiana oh God, iowa, iowa state, state. yeah he's getting one of those uh, i states in the midwest and then um go redbirds <laughs> no i think there's uh, like your safety number one, Jaquan Brisker, guys starting mm-hmm. and he's already kind of shown up in preseason for them. Because he's a motherfucking thumper. Hey, now, this is a family show. No, it's, <laughs> wait, no, it's not. Only because we have families. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, there's, I mean, you know how mad I was when Brisker left. And I was like, God damn it, he's going to go to the Bears. I'm going to hear about this shit for fucking years. He looks fantastic. I will say their defense did not get better, and their offense is very young and very, very underdeveloped. It's mm-hmm. not a good offensive line, but Justin Fields looks like he's making faster decisions. It looks like um, Matt Eberflus, who I've always loved as a D coordinator, looks like he might be able to get stuff done with that defense. And as a D coordinator, his focus on the offense is get the fucking ball out of your hands, run that shit. So mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a good match for the personnel they had. When you had Matt Nagy, Matt Nagy wanted an open air attack. He wanted a Chiefs-style offense. And the Bears, deep down in their fucking soul, as an organization, can't do that. He's like, hey, I want four wide receivers, and I want a quarterback with a rocket for an arm. And the Bears front offense goes, did I hear excellent defense? (laughs) <laughs> no, no, motherfucker. You want a middle linebacker for the ages. <laughs> it's like, no, motherfucker, uh, let's get some explosion. And then, <laughs> it, like, literally while he was there, while Matt Nagy was there, they're like, I know what can help you, Matt. I got it. Khalil Mack. And he's like, no, give me a fucking tight <laughs> end or give me a premier left tackle or some shit. No, instead, every single thing they acquired was like, well, we got great defensive backs. How about that? And they're like, no, God damn it, give me an offensive weapon. Yep. It's never going to happen. The Bears are never going to have an explosive offense. It just doesn't fucking happen. They can't do it. They're physically incapable of it. 
The Jaguars well, are not capable of winning consistently, and the Bears are not <laughs> capable of putting an explosive offense on the field. It's just not happening. Damn. I mean, the Jaguars didn't even deserve that. He just swings at them. Catching um, strays here early. It's not an AFC. <laughs> not an AFC this one. Episode one, right out of the gate. Uh, listen, this also might be one of the last times we have the Bears in Chicago. There's been some threats. They're going to be the Arlington Night Bears very soon. Uh, Dan is somebody who lived in Chicago for decade uh what what do you think of that oh who gives a shit um (laughs) it's just it's one of those things with the chicago bears like the new york jets and the new york giants play in jersey the dallas cowboys play in fucking uh used to play in irving texas and now play where the fuck do they play arlington Arlington? yeah play in arlington practices arlington yeah very few teams play like the carolina panthers are just general carolina yeah uh you know, it's Phoenix that became Arizona. Yeah. yeah, it's it's not to say like we know that it's a regional thing. I very much think Chicago could support another football franchise, especially one that was like, hey, by the way, we're willing to put wide receivers on the field and throw them the ball. <laughs> I think the Bears have so much tradition, but when they eventually do move to Arlington Heights, you know, we'll get Soldier Field back. Maybe have a lot more cool ass concerts in Soldier Field in the middle of the the winter and fall and you know yeah. probably it's not gonna work that way it's probably gonna be more like demolition derbies and you some light shit up like traffic that. in downtown chicago you would yeah. you would give a location out there in one of the suburbs that people could go and enjoy football and stuff and you know get behind their bears and stuff it, it would end up i get the argument and i get the oh man can't be there on uh Lakeshore Drive anymore and things like that. I think it's like these super rich that are making that argument, the ones who could go to Chicago and enjoy a Chicago-like weekend and yeah. go to a football game. When the last time you could afford a Bears ticket and a night, you know, at a steakhouse. It doesn't you you can't. Not no. not on our salaries. <laughs> no. It's I think it's a good move to get them out of there. It's you'll get Soldier Field back to do yeah. whatever you will and it will alleviate congestion. I mean, have you been to a Bears game recently? I'm just for the general public. It's not fun. It's not a it's fun not experience. Fun. No. Like you, yeah. you go there and they're like, look at the grandeur of Soldier Field. You're like, I literally. So here's a little architectural fact for you. It was redesigned by a guy named Dirk Lohan in the late 1990s, who was the grandson of Ludwig Mies van der Rohe, who's a, a formative architect of the modernist style in the United States. Too much information? Yes, I agree. But <laughs> it looks super-duper fucking shitty, so it's not even a classic stadium a la Lambeau. Right, it's a classic stadium that had a bunch of random-ass improvements, I make quotes, that didn't work and didn't make the fan experience or the player's experience any better, and the Chicago Park District doesn't take care of the fucking lawn. So you got to <laughs> move. True. There's no reason to stick around in Soldier Field. It's a boondoggle. It's a boondoggle. Amen, the Bears brother. have been making... Uh, I, I can't even talk about how fucking bad... Soldier Field is. It totally makes sense when they go to Arlington Heights. And then Virginia McCaskey, who will live another 40 fucking years probably, will have to finally pick up her own fucking bill for lawn care. Let's see if she winds up paying it. (laughs) Oof. Oof. Well, hey, then let's get to the good. Let's talk about the team they'll win the 2022 Super Bowl. Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Vikings coming into this year. Um, No, I'm kidding. Uh, They Listen, I want to be... Uh, excited about my team the offense not a lot of turnover it's been the defense this defense will look completely different to me i have never really grown up watching a vikings team run anything but a four three Mm -hmm. you know a lot of tampa too since uh, leslie frazier you know that was his defense (laughs) those guys 
So this is kind of new for me. So it's fun to kind of enjoy that. Um, see a team with a bunch of beef up front and some pass rushers on the side. And then uh, offense you know, the offense wasn't the problem last year, so I'm, I'm okay that they're running it back as they are. Um, there is still some glaring issues like tiny Garrett Bradbury in the middle. They couldn't find anyone better than him at center, and I think it's going to be a problem all year. But, you know, again, you want to run it back once. You go, we got a new coaching staff. These are the young guys with the sharp minds from the McVeigh guy whose tree is blossoming everywhere. I want to see that. And I'm going into a preseason where they showed me shit. They showed me nothing. None of these starters played. I mean, I the last preseason game in Tampa, Tom Brady got his 45-year-old ass out there, but I haven't seen a starter on a Vikings offense play a snap in preseason. So they Your cousin's keep, in bubble wrap. That's right. Everybody's keeping this thing well under wraps. There was like a thing that came out in training camp saying if you're recording any of our plays don't post them on social media you know we want we don't want our opponents to know it's like how secretive is this i i, I think they might be getting too cute we'll see but yeah i i want a healthy irv smith year i want uh derisaw uh become his own left tackle here and i want justin jefferson to do what he says he's gonna do become the best wide receiver in the goddamn league let's go I think Kevin O'Connell is going to have a bit of a come to Jesus. Um, oh yeah, any uh, rookie. Yeah, coach. any rookie head coach. It's tough. I will. I will say this: the offenses that work the best, the Sean McVay type offenses, don't have a lot of bells and whistles. The Sean mm-hmm. McVay offense is incredible. In fact, for the complete absence of bells and fucking whistles. They run everything out of the same goddamn formation, and they just run, you know, 70 plays out of the same fucking formation, and you don't know what's coming next. I think if you get too cute, especially with a Kirk Cousins-led team, you guys have a ton of weapons. A Mm -hmm. ton of weapons. You have, from your skill position, with Cook, with Thielen, with Jefferson. That's phenomenal. I, I would put those three up against most other fucking situations in the league. Kirk Cousins can hit those guys if they're open if he gets time. If Irv Smith Jr. is anything, you've got four pretty good fucking targets straight out of the backfield on three-step, five-step drops. Mm-hmm. There's no reason why your offense should not continue to be good. Your defense, we'll see. It's the thing that gives me pause about your team, but yeah. I still think there's enough talent there. You might still be able to do it, but I don't I don't see you guys going far in the playoffs, but I think there's a legit chance to win the division. It would be great to... Uh yeah, the win division would be great. Uh, some playoff victories would be great. I think I've made it clear that I have not watched a Vikings team in my history win back-to-back playoff games. <laughs> have not. It's not happened. Um, I, you're right. The defense is focusing a lot on two guys like coming off of big injuries, Darius Smith and Neil Hunter, and saying now you guys need to be the pass rushers that uh extraordinary because if if either of you get injured uh, we're screwed again <laughs> so i'm a little worried about our depth uh, a little worried about things like that it's a it's a lot of youth in the depth but yeah we'll see uh last year um eight and nine whatever season was still one of the most punishing years as a vikings fan because of how close every game was so you know, let's let's see something different here. I don't want to. I can't have those type of losses like that every week again. So, 
come on now let's get let's flip it that's a tough one. um yeah so uh let's finish up with the green bay packers they've been the top of the division for quite a few years aaron Rodgers coming back off that big contract and all the uh random uh herbal drugs that he can take so he can play <laughs> for a you know what and he's already got back-to-back mvp so i'm the one to talk getting that you ayahuasca got, yeah, there you go. You got uh you know, Aaron Jones still returning, but other than that, that's the wide receivers that were gutted. Um obviously Devontae Adams is the biggest one, Equinemi St. Brown. They're they're not left with a lot of returns, so here we are. Uh Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers schedule. I mean the schedule for everybody in the NFC North is very, very light. Um their first nine games, you got a test with the Vikings. Then there's the Bears. Until the Chicago Bears beat Aaron Rodgers, I literally will not believe they are capable of beating Aaron Rodgers. And that's at home primetime, too. Yeah, They get the Bears at home primetime 720. Just a feast, an absolute feast. It's going to be helpful. Then they go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who I think will not be very good this year. Um, Uh, I don't know why Tom Brady came back. I mean, we'll talk about it when we get there, but then the New England Patriots, who might not be good. Who knows what the fuck's going on there in their offensive and defensive uh, format. Nobody knows who the coordinators are for anything. Then they got the Giants, the Jets, the Commanders. Their first real test is the Buffalo Bills in Week 8. Then they got Lions, Cowboys, Titans. That's going to be an interesting run. But they end the season with Eagles, Bears, Rams, who also will probably be taking a step back, Dolphins, Vikings, and Lions. That is not a tough fucking schedule for the Green Bay Packers. Well, it's you a look great at it amount too. of time for the young <clears throat> wide receivers right. to get ready, you know? Yeah. They they get these stretches of home games this year, too. Uh, both those New York games are at home. Giants and Jets back-to-back weeks, they get them at home. They end the year at home. Uh, the Vikings and Lions divisional games, those are both at home in Lambeau, January 1st and January 8th. That's when you want to play in Lambeau. Um, the the game against the Rams, uh, December 19th, primetime Lambeau. So you're right. Yeah, they might have kind of gotten lucky here with the schedule. That being said, with the offense, you know, taking the shot that they did, I don't think the defense really did. I think the defense is pretty much just where they were, if not if not a little better. We'll see what Quay Walker does. He's already slotted a starter. Yeah. Um, I think they improved the defense. I think the defense just got better. Everybody's getting a little bit older, a little bit more experience. Um, yeah, I, I think your defense is probably the best in the division right now. It's it's good, yeah. So Packers are going to be up there again. They're going to be a strong NFC team, it sounds like what Dan's saying. and I, I, It's hard to disagree until I see – that they faltered due to, you know, Devontae Adams was a big, big part of that offense. He absolutely was, and so that's going to sting, but you still got a nice two-headed running back in the backfield with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. So is and it, you got to remember is before Devontae really... Adams, it was Jordy Nelson. Before Devontae yeah, Adams, right. it was Randall Cobb. There's always going to be... Greg Jennings. Greg Jennings. He put There's... the team on his back, though. <laughs> There's always been a good wide receiver in Green Bay. Now, maybe that's because Green Bay knows how to draft wide receivers, or maybe it's because Aaron Rodgers knows how to make fucking wide receivers really good. Who knows? Mm. I mean, Randall Cobb didn't go anywhere and blow up the fucking world. Jordy Nelson basically retired. We'll see what Devontae... I'm not saying Devontae Adams is not better than them, but what I'm saying is Aaron Rodgers can turn quarterbacks... blow up. That's what you're saying. Everybody (laughs) run out and get Sammy Watkins on your fantasy team. Make sure you pick him up. (laughs) 
All right, well, we'll see. I'm, I'm all for them collapsing, but, uh, yeah, until it happens, you know. Let's go on to the NFC South. Now, the NFC South, Dan, you, you already touched on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so let's start there. I don't know who you think in their division is going to keep up with them, but first of all, the the big question marks is their, their guard play. They've lost some guys already again to injury and everything else, so that's not going to be good. And Chris Godwin's coming back from injury mm-hmm. himself. Uh, but I like Russell Gage's addition. Sure. And, um, yeah, I mean, is Tom Brady going to be just as good there with, uh, is it Raheem Mustard taking over? No, Todd Bowles. Sorry, Todd Bowles yeah. uh, as head coach. Todd Bowles, not a great head coach. Uh, Tom Brady's going to call whatever fucking offense Tom Brady wants. Byron Leftwich is still there, so he'll be fine. The issue that you have is that defense is still pretty good, but the defense is now another year older but still pretty good. The main issue they're going to have is Tom Brady does not like getting pressure up the middle. And you know what? There are no fucking guards in Tampa Bay. There's no center in Tampa Bay with any ass. I think Tampa Bay is going to see the worst Tom Brady year we've ever seen because he's just going to be getting pressure up the middle all fucking day. It'd be the only way to get the guy to finally hang it up, you know? I think so. I mean, I don't think Tampa Bay is going to make the playoffs this year. You know, especially because I don't even think they're the best team in the division. I think New Orleans is actually going to have a better record than Tampa Bay at the end of the year. Ah, no, I don't know what you're smoking. You're wrong there. No, I still like Tampa. I still think they they got a strong defense. Um, I've always loved their linebacker crew. Uh, with Great linebacker David Shaquille Barrett. Yeah, Barrett. I and you know. Yeah, the secondary is not bad either. I like Antoine Winfield in the uh, safety. So, yeah, I think Tampa's still the team to beat there. The Saints are are going to deal with – I mean, if, if Michael Thomas is healthy and can step back to what he was, but he hasn't played in two years, so there's no guarantee of that. Um, I do like what I see in Chris Olave. I've moved on to the Saints, if you can now yep. tell. Oh, yeah. But uh, Jameis Winston, as soon as he gets it started, he's going to – you know, he's the equalizer. He'll throw as many <laughs> interceptions as touchdowns, and we know this. But I think that's the best you're going to get from uh, the NFC South. I think is about 500, um, and I think that's where they're going to be. I, I predict the Saints are going to go nine and seven, um, and that's going to be mean, enough for the South. Wow! I think that's going to be enough for the South. If not, they're going to be tied with the Panthers. But I, I don't think Tampa Bay is even going to be second in this division. Damn! Wow, that's a impre- that's a that's a I think going out on a lo- uh, a ledge there. Um, what's funny is we're talking about them about 500, Jameis Winston, the great equalizer, and I just looked at who the backup QB is now for the New Orleans Saints. It's Andy Dalton. You're talking about the Dalton line. That's average. the, the, the median. <laughs> yeah. So I think you're looking at an average team here in the New Orleans Saints. And, I mean, yeah, I, li- I still like their defense, but that's about it. I don't like their new helmet, the weird black. <laughs> <laughs> you know that you doesn't win games, right? You know the helmets don't win games? It should. They should get like extra points on the side for style. No, no, that would be awful. Um, I don't know. I don't know. You got. We'll see. Is I mean, do we even need to talk about the Falcons? <laughs> How fucking bad they're gonna be? The Falcons are gonna be bad. The Falcons are gonna be one of those seller teams this year. Um, I, I, I agree Falcons with you are that, five wins max. Yeah, the Falcons are. Yeah, I, I think you'll see Desmond Ritter in the the starting lineup before week eight 
in the first half of the season, Marcus Mariota won't. It's not that Marcus Mariota is the problem. It's that no. he has nobody to help him. So fine, you know. Oof, God! Even like the the uh, wide receiver crew. You got Drake London as the as the rookie. Brian mm-hmm. Edwards at Las Vegas kind of just had a half a good year last year, and then Zacchaeus has been there for a little yeah bit. Ugh, no. I don't like any of this. Yeah, Kyle Pitts, tough, poor guy. Like, no. Running back, yeah, Patterson's still going to be your starting running back, which who I, I picked him up in fantasy late just because running backs are in need. But you're right. Falcons are going to be near the bottom. I don't like them either. Uh, that leaves the Carolina Panthers at least ahead of them. Um, what's cool about the Panthers is they've already named Baker Mayfield their starting quarterback for week one in Cleveland. Let's go. <laughs> they are absolutely going to beat the Browns. I really, really hope they beat the Browns. I'm kind of, yeah, behind a little bit too. Um, they, they're not a bad team here. They just, they, last year was, uh, well, didn't look good. And I, I'm not, I don't have a lot of faith behind their coaching, uh, with Matt Rule, but a healthy year of Christian McCaffrey in this offense and this team could be a completely different team. And, the defense still very young, but kind of coming in their own. Yeah, it'd be very interesting to see what the Panthers could be. I'm not – for me, I still think Tampa's at the top here. I have the Saints maybe second and the Panthers third in mine. Uh, I'm surprised you're that negative on Tampa, but, yeah, I don't see why Carolina's the seller. I don't think Carolina – looking at the schedule for Carolina, they have to face the AFC North, which is tough, except I think they'll beat the Browns and I think they'll beat the Steelers. They also have the NFC West, which is a tough haul, but who knows what Kyler Murray is going to be going through. They face the Arizona Cardinals when they don't have um, our boy Nuke Watkins, so that's problematic. They face a San Francisco 49ers team at their own house, so at Carolina, with a brand new Trey Lance. So they're basically having a rookie quarterback they have to face in Week 5. They've got a really good and favorable uh front first week of or first eight weeks of the season I think they actually could go five and three in their first eight weeks and that puts them in the bell cow position I believe in the NFC South well all right well we could see uh I want to say was Panthers one of the teams yeah that started off hot last year they were like Very a four and oh start and I we were calling them uh fool's gold I think from the beginning though but yeah they you know, we'll see what happens. Cowboys and dismantled them in week five. They uh, they lost Sam Darnold immediately here, so he's going to be out for, is it the season? Did he tear? No, no, he's uh, probably about five to six weeks. Okay, so if Baker Mayfield doesn't play all those, then you see the, the rookie in, right? You see, what's his name from? Oh, no, Corral is out for the year. Corral's out for the year. Corral's out for the year. Uh, Darnold's out for the first, like, six weeks. So now that Josh Rosen's been released, come on down, baby. <laughs> Join the Panthers. I think you're really going to bring Cam Newton back into that. Mess, so. <laughs> Make it a hat trick. Um, okay, well, that leads us the NFC West to, to discuss here to, to wrap up the show. Um, let's start, I guess, with the Super Bowl champs, the Los Angeles Rams. Look, they Over- lost. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Overarching, this whole division got worse. Yes, yes. The whole division got worse. Um, and some teams much more than others. Uh, oh, the yeah. Rams, 
uh, no Odell Beckham and no uh, no Von Miller. Von Miller. Those are the two that 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 hold out to me as like, oh yeah, they might miss these guys. Andrew Whitworth retires. Their starting left tackle retires. That's true too. You're right. They got so Joe Noboom steps in his left tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Allen Robinson has not played for about a year and a half. Is he good enough to still be a starter opposite Cooper Cup? But you do still have Cooper Cup, and you do still have um, Matt Stafford, Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald. You still have uh, just Jalen, Jalen Ramsey. Ramsey. You got some fucking studs, man. But you've also got a lot of money tied up in those studs. Sure. And there's the natural pressure release that comes with winning a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Most people don't go back to the Super Bowl. It doesn't happen all that much. You know, a team that wins it, especially after all that, hey, we mortgage the franchise of the team or the future of the team to bring these guys in, it'd be natural if they slipped down a little bit and maybe went seven and nine this year. Oof. That'd be quite a slip. But yeah, I mean like you said, the whole division didn't. Nobody else really jumped up at them this year, so I don't know if I'm going to see that so much. The rest of the NFC would have to take a lot of bites out of them. I think you're seeing Rams team that yeah might not be as surprisingly spectacular at the end of the year as they were last year. We'll see this year. I think there's still going to be a team yeah that to be reckoned with and probably lead that division. Right now, I'm picking them to be the best team in the West. The issue is they've got a killer schedule. It's tough, man. They have to face, well, they have to face the Buffalo Bills to start out. They're going to lose that fucking game. Obviously, they got the Falcons, then the Cardinals, which is going to be tough to start it out. They have to face the Cowboys. They face the Panthers, who may be problematic. But then, really, you're pulling the Kansas City Chiefs and the Las Vegas Raiders and the Denver Broncos and the Chargers. That's a tough haul, man. To be able to face the AFC West, which is maybe the best division in the AFC, that's a really tough haul. So Very I know exciting. everybody in the NFC West has that, but that's a really tough that's a really tough grab. I don't think they're going to improve. I don't think their record's going to get better. I'm very excited to talk about the AFC West with you next week. Yeah, that division. Oh boy. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm just doing it because I. Yeah, they did lose some stuff, but I don't think it's going to be enough to knock them too much in this conference. Uh, but you're right. The you know, the, if you are the uh, the champs, everyone's gonna take a shot at you, and you get a you should have a very tough schedule after you win the Super Bowl. That should be how it works. So good for good for the schedule makers. Mm-hmm. Let's look at the Green Bay schedule one more time, though. Hold on. <laughs> um, let's talk about well, San Francisco went to the playoffs last year. Very interesting team here. It all kind of rides on what will Trey Lance be starting. Uh, we got a super interesting Jimmy Garoppolo contract this week too, Dan. What do you think of that? I think it makes sense. I mean, there's no reason to move on from Jimmy G. If he's willing to accept the backup role, and he doesn't strike me as a locker room cancer type of guy, right? Uh, I think it makes sense to keep him around. The problem becomes if Trey Lance has a bad couple games, does that pull him the hook? Because you go, hey, Jimmy G's serviceable. You know, do we do we let Trey Lance take his lumps? Or do we say, hey, we still got a pretty good team here. Let's put uh, let's put Garoppolo back in and see what he can do. So, I mean, it's it's a heavy incentive contract for Jimmy G. So he might be taking that deal thinking, I don't think Trey Lance is going to be the starter for long. So it's a bit of a gamble on his part, but it's interesting. If Trey Lance is, you know, year two Patrick Mahomes where he breaks out and goes crazy, I think we're talking about a Super Bowl champion Niners team. 
yeah. let alone a Super Bowl like contender, because they're that's the only thing they're missing is elite quarterback play. You know, I mean, a lot of teams would love to say, "Oh, we're, if only we had elite quarterback play." But if you get a guy in Trey Lance, if he can break into the top twelve in terms of quarterback abilities, I mean, this is a Niners team that's absolutely fucking stacked. I agree. I love their defense quite a bit. Uh, they figured out Debo. They got him uh, the money that he deserves, and and everybody's happy there. Uh, Trent Williams, another year here. You know, th- that's a solid team. It's just, yeah, is Trey Lance enough? Jimmy Garoppolo has his issues too. He can't throw much more than that five-yard slant. So mm-hmm. I, the Niners know that they can't get f- too far with either, well, with Garoppolo here. So they got to you know, ride with this Trey Lance who they gave up a ton of draft capital to go get. <clears throat> you have to give him the chance. So here we go. You got to like his deep ball. You got to like the way that he can uh, can move with his feet. So I'm very interested to see a Niners team. You got to kind of write a offense around Trey Lance's positives, around his uh, what he can do good on the field. And if you're right, if they don't do that, or let's say something happens to him and Garoppolo gets some playing time in there, that could really throw some shit up. I feel like what they did, though, it's it's win-win. Garoppolo has a trade clause now where he can kind of have a say where they want to start trading him because Garoppolo is still going to get trade calls. If somebody's oh, yeah. quarterback goes down, he's going to be one of the first guys they check in with. And now Jimmy Garoppolo can be like, well, which team are we talking about that lost a QB? Oh, the Jets? No thanks. I'll stay in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. Is it the uh, give me a good team? Well, I, I can see him. Raiders? I, mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Think about it. I, I think Jimmy G at this point in his career is like, what's your dirty slut situation in the city where I'm going to? <laughs> because that's really going to affect my decision making. I mean, I've only got about 10, maybe 15 more years of absolute handsome in me. So let's yeah. burn through it, friends. Um, let's move on to the Arizona Cardinals. They'll be mid-season hard knocks. You brought it up, Kyler Murray with the weird contract and the, um, you, you have to study for four hours a week and then now we'll pull it away. It just looked gross for everybody. It was such a stupid move for the Cardinals, which doesn't bode well. Uh, but they traded for Marquise Brown and Mm -hmm. AJ Green. Maybe he still can run. Nope, nope, toast. <laughs> um, JJ Watt. Maybe he can still nope, toast. Um, Isaiah Simmons. Maybe they'll figure out something. Yeah, maybe. I mean, you know, Isaiah Simmons been in the league a little bit. You'd you'd figure he'd have more out of him now. We mm. really liked him coming out. He was an athletic freak, but we did hasn't. I mean, we talk about. An athletic freak that put it together, Micah Parsons. An athletic freak that hasn't, Isaiah Simmons. Mm. So your athleticism doesn't matter if you can't make the reads on the fucking field and make the decisions quick. Isaiah Simmons has struggled with that, and I I don't see a situation where he makes a leap this year. Although, I, you know, I'll eat my hat if I'm wrong. Um, there's a lot of money, a lot of money tied up in the quarterback position and the wide receiver position for Arizona. There's a lot of money tied up. And I don't think this team, like I said, I don't think this team got better at all. Um, they didn't, even adding Marquise Brown, you're adding a a burner. But, yeah. I mean, he couldn't get anything going on the Ravens. I don't know what he's going to get going on the Cardinals. He's not a good route runner. He doesn't have natural hands. He's just a deep threat. 
Um, maybe Kyler Murray can do something with that and, you know, just <laughs> fuck it, Hollywood's down there somewhere. But it just doesn't seem like that. It doesn't seem like the Arizona Cardinals are, are primed to compete this year. Um, I think they're going to be sniffing for a wild card, but I'd be shocked to see them take this division. That's kind of where I was, too, with them, a bubble team. And when you talk about bubble teams now for you know playoffs, it's seven down on the uh, conferences. So the NFC's got some mulling in that middle there, and Arizona will probably be one of those teams. But, yeah, not a lot has changed last year. They started hot last year and then disappeared. They had one of the more embarrassing playoff losses. So... Yeah, what's been fixed? Well, you can't do it with Hopkins for the first half, almost half of the season. That, you know, it's going to be a little rough for him. So, you know, first you, three games: Kansas yeah. City, Raiders, Rams. <laughs> Straight out the gate, that's tough. I mean, and then they got to fly across the country to Carolina, which I think Carolina is going to be better. Plus, it's a cross-country trip, man. That's a fucking tough haul. Yeah, and it's it, a noon game across country. It Ooh, would be boy. an earlier start. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, but that leaves us with uh, what team that might be the seller of the entire NFL. you got the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle Seahawks, who have said uh, after the big trade of Russell Wilson and getting back, yeah, you got back a tight end to Noah Fant that we like coming out of mm-hmm. college, and you got the uh, their starting quarterback in Drew Locke who can't even win the starting job from Geno Smith. Um DK Metcalf wants out. He's not going anywhere. Tyler Lockett will probably just dissolve into nothingness. What <laughs> What do you think of this team? I think this is an awful, awful fucking team. Yeah. I think it's awful. I think Pete Carroll is cashing a check this year. I think this team maybe wins three games. Mm. Because we talked about how tough everybody's schedule was in the division. Now imagine the Seahawks with that fucking schedule. They have to go to Pittsburgh, a team that maybe sorry, those preseason. Uh, Denver Broncos. Denver, yep. Denver Broncos, right out the gate. Then Prime Niners. Time. Against then, Russ. Russ coming yeah. back. Yeah, it's Russ tough, is gonna man. take it easy on you. And then nine they gotta go to San Francisco. Maybe <clears throat> Atlanta gives them some respite, but then they gotta <laughs> go to Detroit to play a tough Detroit team that is gonna need that win. They gotta travel to New Orleans. Then they get the Cardinals. Where's the win here? Yeah. Where's the win? Maybe Atlanta, so maybe one out the gate. And then you got Chargers, Giants, maybe two wins. Cardinals, you're going to lose. Buccaneers, you're not better. Vegas Raiders, Rams, Panthers, Niners, Chiefs, Jets, who I think will be better. And then the Rams, maybe two, maybe three wins. Not Yeah, not looking good for Seattle this year. Um, maybe we're seeing, you know, the, the Legion of Boom left. Uh all, all they kind of been gutted of their stars from uh, the previous Super Bowls and things like that. So may, that's maybe the way we're it also goes. yeah. I mean, they can't you can't keep them forever, and people are going to get older. But maybe that's it for coaching staff too. Like we see, uh, um, I'm blanking on oh. their head coach name, Pete Carroll. Carroll become a front office guy and kind of retire after this year, go off into the sunset. I can't imagine he's not allowed to take some sort of like you know <laughs> advisory role. Like thanks right. for everything, Pete. Uh, but let's remember, they only won one Super Bowl. It's True. tough to win a Super Bowl. Um, I did love the recent comments where Russ was like, I was kind of tired of carrying the team in Seattle. And Oof. then it's like, you do realize that, like, when you won a Super Bowl, you were carried by an elite defense, one of the greatest of all time, right? He's like, yeah, yeah that's a long time ago. 
And then the so, other one you were at, you threw an interception where you, if you just hunt, hand, everybody says if you just handed it off for us. So. Give that shit to Marshawn, bro. But I am very excited to see him in Denver. I'm very excited to see that new AFC West Stout team. I'm very excited. So very excited to see uh, what that uh, yeah whole other conference is going to look like that we will talk about next week mm-hmm. as I segue here. But we did complete now through the NFC. If you had to quickly throw up seven teams that you think mm-hmm. are probably playoffs here, I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, seven teams. I think uh, Eagles, Cowboys out of the East. Um, I think out of the South, we're talking about Saints and Panthers. I think in the West, we're talking about the 49ers. Um, and just because of how tough the schedule is, I think that might mm-hmm. be the only one. And then I think we're talking Vikings and um and Packers. Wow, I uh, I like uh, I mean, I like Dallas and Eagles. I like Vikings and Packers. I think I like just Tampa out of the South. I don't not too up into the rest of the South, and then I like Rams and Niners in the West. So we're almost the same, honestly. Pretty there. close. Pretty close. Yeah, you're little. You got the the Panthers, and, and I had the Rams. There's our difference there. You got to remember, every year, I think every year, at least four teams, four new teams in the playoffs every year. Sounds about the right. And usually, somebody goes from worst to first. Mm-hmm. Which why cool. not the NFC South? It's tradition. <laughs> That's true. NFC South usually has somebody new. Um, okay, well, gosh, I think that's where we want to put the show here for this week. Uh, we've got a plan for next week. We'll be doing the schedule. I wanted to quickly try to find a crazy stat. I really don't have one. But as this comes out, we will be eight, eight days away from kickoff of the very first game of the game in, in LA versus the bills uh, to start off the 2022 season. And, and we're back, Dan. I mean, for a sixth season of this podcast, we're going to, we're going we're gonna to attempt it. Here we go. Truly, truly incredible. This is what uh, six seasons and then a movie, I guess is next. So we'll see. Right. I've got, uh, speaking of eight, I got uh, Kirk cousins is number eight right now in the Vikings, but uh Name off some some old classic number eights. I think it's Steve Young, Mark Troy Trinnell. Aikman, baby. <laughs> right, that's what we're getting at. Troy Aikman, bro. Maybe the greatest of all the eights. Eight was kind of always the my go to number two when I made like created players on uh you know Madden or you know when it was, I was always when it was twelve. Good, the NBA two K games. You were the two twelve or NFL two K. Oh yeah, and then we must uh, we must not forget our boy Lamar. Lamar, which I'm yeah, big fan of him this year too, returning from injury. Uh, we'll talk about him and everybody of the Baltimore Ravens next week, all the others. Uh, let's wrap it up, Dan. Do you have any parting words of wisdom for this week? I can't wait to get started. I just, there is something different about the flavor of the air, mm-hmm. the temperature outside when football starts going. It could be the hottest summer in the world and and it's still summer when football kicks off let's not forget the way the calendar works <laughs> but the temperature drops the flavor changes there's something different about the world when football comes back and i just can't wait he's right uh well on that note guys we will come back next week and be ready right before the kickoff uh so 
tune in, link rate, subscribe, subscribe to it uh, on your phone. So it just pops right up and tells you when we're there. Uh, the plan is to be out on Wednesdays so we can hit up everything that happened. Uh, try to catch every game. You know, we're also going to try to keep these uh, nice and tight and, and want more. So we'll we'll say good night here today. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Another episode. I am Scott, and this is Dan. We will see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>